As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. Tonight on Apathetic Enthusiasm, we prevent prevent you from not not listening to us talk about the old guard. Hey, that was a flawless intro. Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hey, everybody. I'm Brandon. And in and what and here we are. And we're to- good. <laughs> we're good. We're here. We're I- we are recovered from yeah. a long weekend of of waiting in line and virtual hall H and you know eating mm-hmm. eating meager virtual uh con food and uh but but we're back and we're here to bring you not one but two podcasts tonight two. if you are watching live over at apathetic enthusiasm uh twitch or youtube twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm we are going back to back apathetic enthusiasm right now interdimensional rss later on if if you are listening to the audio version i'm i mean i'm sorry you're only getting this podcast you're gonna have to go subscribe to interdimensional rss gonna have to, to do get it. that other one or or you know show up monday monday nights 9 p.m eastern uh for for the live stream come come, come hang out yeah you know you could do that uh other places you can find us around the internet over at twitter at apathusiast i'm at juggle Mino. he's at barnyard cruise i hardly ever tweet anymore <laughs> you don't uh, i i don't what's the point what's to. the point of having a uh a personal social media account uh, on Twitter if you don't if you don't use it. Well, because like every decade now Twitter sends me a notification being like, <laughs> "Hey, you've been on Twitter a really long time." And I'm like, "Yeah, I have." All right, back to the interdimensional <laughs> RSS Twitter account to see what's going on over there. Uh, you can also follow us facebook.com such apathetic enthusiasm show, email us apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm, or go to our website, apatheticenthusiasm.com. And uh, yeah, you can also hang out at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Rick and Morty pod. Brand new tiers out there, new levels of engagement. I think the lowest tier is what, a dollar, Brandon? That's right. That That gets you behind that paywall. And that's really all you need to get some exclusive content, exclusive messages, behind the scenes video images uh-huh. it's it's all happening over yeah. at patreon.com slash rick and morty pod yeah and then if you if you ride the ladder a little bit more you can get like other stuff like brandon's private projects that he only shares <laughs> with with me and people that subscribe uh, at like the ten dollar level but yeah uh, we appreciate everybody at patreon.com for uh helping us out with that as well travis uh, travis brandon, brandon. I-, I wonder if if somewhere in in Patreon, it has to it has to be a thing. Maybe like a, like a music based uh, podcast or a, like a, an artist who creates music for for their, their their patrons. One of their tiers has to be tears in heaven. 
Do you think? Uh, they maybe they have tears for fears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and then like who the, knows? like the the last tier in the that that like the the hundred dollar two hundred dollar tier is no more tears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope so. And if they don't. We're starting a new Patreon uh, <laughs> just, for, just for that. <laughs> where we're like, we don't actually provide you any content. We just came here for the the witty, <laughs> witty. Yeah, tuning. it's our Patreon. It's our Patreon for Patreon puns. That's <laughs> you get you get exclusive Patreon yeah. puns at the at, uh, at the you, at the fifteen dollar uh, tears of a clown. You you can give us your uh, your suggestions for for tears. And we might make it into an actual tier. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, you know, we are still mostly at home, uh, most, mostly staying safe. And uh, But there's there are things to be consumed, media to be observed. I know, but and... like tracks of my tears. It's another Smokey Robinson song. Uh, I'm just... A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of tears in those songs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. All right. I'm done. You now. ready to actually talk about stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done now. I am. Uh, yeah. So we're starting off with uh, a little Netflix rewatch. This isn't a rewatch. It's a brand new movie that has been released out on Netflix. We are talking about none other than the old guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually pull up the date here because I didn't, I didn't do the research on it. Um, this was actually released. Uh, what is what is the release date on May, here? May May twenty twenty. Uh, July tenth, twenty twenty. But but good guess. Oh uh, yeah the 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 first the first uh, result in Google says May twenty first, twenty twenty. The old guard. It was it was it was a good guess. It was a good guess. <laughs> uh, but it's been out for a couple of weeks now. Hopefully you have gotten a chance to watch this if you if you have netflix uh it is starring charlie's theron kiki lane marwin kenzari luca marinelli and harry melling melling you're doing great i just read names i don't i'm not good at reading them um <laughs> but uh yeah based on a uh i think a graphic novel yeah by 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 greg rucka Rucka, yep. and uh, I, much like almost everything that comes out on Netflix, had heard little to nothing about this prior to its release. I don't, I don't know. Is this something that you were tracking as something that was coming out, or did it sneak up on you as much as it did me? Uh, no, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't tracking at all. A lot of, a lot, I, I spent all my money on. Uh, Rick and Morty comics. So I don't actually read anything that, uh, you know, is, is probably worth reading. <laughs> um, no offense, Alex. No, no, no offense. No offense, Alex. Uh, but when this, when it showed up on, on Netflix, you know, on, on the, on the front page and it like the old guard and it, uh, went, it did the autoplay of the trailer and what watched it. And I'm like, okay, that's it, it, this could be this could be interesting. Uh and I did we didn't watch it right away. We watched it this last weekend finally um after recommendations and knowing that we were going to talk about it tonight. And um yeah, it was you know, we'll talk about what our our thoughts on on it were, but yeah, uh, eventually, I mean, essentially it snuck up on on us. Mo- most th- yeah. most things that that pop up on on Netflix with the exception of maybe uh like uh, lock and key or um that that other one with comic books with the violin lady and the big arm guy oh um yeah the <laughs> umbrella academy yeah there there you go yeah, which my has chemical a second romance season a second season on the way by the way don't care continue <laughs> Com- <laughs> completely gonna reshape the whole thing well but, uh, um yeah, yeah, yeah no it's unless it's a property that we're already tracking pretty closely there, there is definitely a lot of content that is always coming out. This is almost like a running joke now in in Hollywood, where it's like, yeah, it's easy to get a Netflix deal. Tons of stuff is like Netflix is constantly willing to take on to other projects, but especially now, 
especially in the midst of a global pandemic, the different, I, I would argue to call it a theatrical release, the, the full like major motion picture, especially action films that I would expect to maybe see released into theaters. Uh, this is really where Netflix seems to be cleaning up during this pandemic where other studios are delaying films, uh, occasionally adjusting to a, an at-home release. But I think I, I saw a headline about all of the, the movies that are getting pushed either into the fall or already into 2021 because major studios putting a lot of money into these productions and then, they don't want to do a direct at home release. They want to try and get as much box office money as they can. Right. Uh, Netflix is not suffering from that. And uh, so we're getting some really uh, like pretty decent movies delivered directly to, to home. And uh, I don't know, like well, I, I feel like we're getting spoiled by Netflix, but at the same time, I'm also acutely aware of how much stuff we are not getting right now. Yeah, the uh I mean Netflix has been pushing out fairly decent movies even before uh, even before all the, this this started. I I think the the benefit that they have is well they haven't they haven't had to change their model. If anything their their model has only gained in importance with, you know, HBO Max and all these other uh streaming services now nowadays. Um, which HBO Max, you know, coming out with it, all its own content. Uh, sure. Not on, not available on Roku devices yet, by the way. Um, or Amazon devices. I that's right. That's so now I have to work around and I have to go install the app on my Xbox and I have to use that as a multimedia platform. Ugh. 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 <laughs> or just have Apple TVs like sure, I sure, sure, sure. Um, but, yeah. but, uh, uh, but, but, you know, you're, you're right. It, the the pushbacks for movies in a theater right now i i wish they would just say indefinite uh we're, we don't know when we're going to release it it's in, it's indefinitely pushed back Be, because the 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 part that is is slightly frustrating to me is ah we're going to push back tenant to october Okay. Okay. No, we're gonna push well, it back. Let's see how well you Americans are doing in October. Well, let's let's try let's try January. You know, have have you heard that? Like some of those theatrical releases are by country, and that other countries that have done a better job managing the virus will get to see movies like Tenant before us <laughs> well yeah i mean which the, is which is their just reward for well um, i i think i think some doing plenty of social distancing and hand washing i think like uh uh end game i think premiered and maybe infinity war premiered in uh in asia like a week or two before us or maybe maybe i'm thinking star wars one one of the, one mm. of those series maybe maybe all of them uh premiere in other countries but before us we think we're special but that doesn't you know that's, that's a yeah it's, it's an american it's a, sentiment it's, it's thinking, a, that we're, thinking that we're special it's a mirage you know it's a mirage <laughs> um but yeah i i i think i think a just indefinite on some of this stuff would be good um i i know like streaming platforms are doing their best to try and keep us like hanging on uh the the hamilton release on disney plus was a huge like cash grab just like all right we need people to stay on the platform like we we're, we're not releasing other movies they like disney was originally going to release hamilton in theaters but they're like you know what let's just get it out there because that'll that'll drive people to the platform yeah and uh yeah, yeah I, I i there's a lot of a lot of movies that I was excited to see this year that I have all but forgotten about until I see a news article that's like, hey, that movie's pushed back another year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have already gotten to see that. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Well, 
But that aside, we do get some movies like The Old Guard. That's right. On Netflix. <laughs> yeah. The, the movie we're and actually here to talk about. And that's and that's uh and that's what we thought about The Old Guard. <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our assessment. That, that that's uh, a few things and and we we'll we won't get too spoilery on here, but if you are super worried about spoilers, uh, you know, go watch the movie and then and then hit play again. Um, this is a a modern tale. It takes place in uh, you know current times, but uh, we we figure out very early on in this film that there are a group of companions who have have a slight issue with dying. They uh, they, they are they don't like immortal. it. They they are immortal, <laughs> if you will, and you get the sense that this group uh, bands together to try and and right wrongs within the world, uh, usually through some level of physical force. They're all uh, warrior types uh, to different degrees, and they are good at fighting and trying to bring justice to to folks. And it helps that they can't die. Um, this, this entire situation is, uh, turned sideways when they discover that someone is trying to hunt them down to, to, to figure out, like, like they make to, it really apparent early on that to they try to stay hidden. Abilities. Yeah. Um, so, so suddenly they're, they're being hunted and then they also discover that there is a new <gasps> immortal Gasp. that, that is just coming into her powers and uh, and that's pretty much the premise of this film. Brandon, uh, did I did I miss anything major there? No, you that that is that is it. If we couldn't we couldn't get a shorter synopsis if we ended had the actually podcast written one right down. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's 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 fairly straightforward. I don't think there's there's any uh, surprises necessarily in 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 the movie. Um, it's you know it's it's a cla- it's a classic mentor an unwilling mentor who then becomes a willing mentor uh th- throughout yeah. the film um what what i what i really what i do like about it is the the choreography of the the action sequences is is just spot on uh for you you watch marvel movies and uh nothing against scarjo um but after like the 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 60th time you see the same kind of fighting move where they they land and then they look up <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. legs around the neck twisting snapping the neck landing <laughs> looking up um but you know by the by the 100th and billionth time you see that you're like well that was that was cool the first time i saw it uh so in the old guard, with, with everything that all of the uh, all of the immortals are doing throughout the movie, just extremely impressive. And Charlize Theron uh, continuing to show that she is an action star, um, from Eon Flux to uh, the uh, Italian Job, uh, and 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 uh, others. What? Mad Max. Right? Mad Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, continuing to show that that she that she kicks ass. Um, yeah. And I I read the side note of a story about Charlize Theron uh, on the set of the Italian Job. She was she was bragging because they uh, I've never seen the Italian Job. Full disclosure, yeah, yeah. Look at me, something you ha- something you've seen I haven't. Uh, it's it's because Jason Statham. It's 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 one it's one of the heist <laughs> movies that made me really like heist movies. Oh oh wow and. Mini Coopers <laughs> and and Mini Coopers. That's why you have a six Mini Coopers. Yeah, and you put them and together. I drive them like Jason Statham, <laughs> and you put them together, and you get a Cooper, a uh, Cooper, <laughs> but uh, a half dozen Coopers. <laughs> she was uh, get going, getting cast, and and looking at the production schedule. They they gave her six extra weeks of of driver's training to prepare for the movie down with the patriarchy come yeah. on um and and so that that pushed her to work extra hard to to do well and and do her own a lot of her own stunts with the driving and she w- was throwing shade and this is the article i read it said throwing shade at mark Wahlberg, who uh during one scene where they were going uh in circles 360 you know 
360 degrees of circle, but over, over and over, over doing donuts that he had to stop filming so he could throw up. <laughs> and, uh, wow. and he lost his funky bunch there. That's <laughs> lost his wall burgers. <laughs> uh, say hello to your mother for me. Uh, uh, that guy. Uh, yeah. So that's our review of the Italian job. <laughs> anyway, Shalise Theron. Great, great. Uh, what, what did you What did you like about the movie? Um, I always find a a story about some sort of immortals uh, interesting. I like the 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 heady kind of thinking about what it would be like for an individual who has survived for hundreds or even thousands of years, what their experiences would be like. I really like when a movie or some sort of story uh, takes the time to think about that so that even in little situations, you, you realize that like, this isn't a person who's like just been around for 50 or a hundred years. They, They've experienced generation after generation. They look at the world differently. I felt like the way that that core four group of people um, even like referenced the world, it, it felt smaller to them. And I think that's because they've been around so long and traveled so much that you know, you, when you're a little kid, the city you live in feels gigantic because your, your sense of, of scale and, 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 and your ability to maneuver throughout it is very limited. But then by the time you get your driver's license, you're a little bit older, suddenly that doesn't feel as big. And then maybe your hometown feels still pretty big until you start to travel the country or travel the world. And then suddenly everything feels a little bit closer. And the fact that they had been alive for so long, they had all these hideouts in different places, but they didn't seem like limited by that at all. They were just like, Oh yeah, we'll go to this spot. We'll go to there. And uh, even down to uh, Andy, Charlize Theron's character tasting the the baklava, mm-hmm. like, and being able to like pinpoint the place in the world that it was from based on the ingredients and what she was tasting. It was like this little game between the four of them, but it gave a good example of like, we've been around for so long that I can, I can pick this out. Yeah. from a region in the world like you bring it from anywhere i mean um, you're, you're you're alive that long it feels it feels groundhog day-ish you know just oh yeah to a degree for sure yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah the, the, good good point on on that the, the 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 world kind of shrinking one of the characters because the 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 new immortal um once she shows up, they they realize that she is around, and so they they need to go find her. And one of the characters says, "It used to take so long. It used to take so long to 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 find others." And and they don't they don't expand on that thought at all. They just kind of say it. But while as the movies progresses from that point, you know, I was just kind of thinking, well, yeah, that makes sense. They're there weren't airplanes and there were ships and there weren't cars and yeah. there weren't motorcycles. Of course it, of course it took longer. Like if, if there was an immortal, uh, from the other side of the world from me and I knew that person existed and you're having dreams about this person and they're having dreams about you, you know, to, to think about it in those terms is, is pretty, uh, pretty mind fucking (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely uh another another moment from this uh, that really got to me was the notion of being immortal not being able to die like not being having any control over the ability to die and then ways that that can be just the worst ever and uh one of the uh, characters in this who is is really just talked about for most most of the movie um i I don't remember her name it's like it's like queenan or something like that uh is it nikki uh no who's it's it's like it's like a q o quinn quinn or something like that or yeah Kewen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the main character's like bestie from uh like for for 
like a millennia or whatever. But then when they're being tried as witches, instead of burning her, they put her in a steel coffin and throw it into the ocean. And there is a sequence where they're showing her like drowning and then coming back to life and then drowning again because physically she can't breathe, but she also can't die. <laughs> yeah. And that is like my worst fear repeated over and over again forever. How, how do you how do you think how do you think she felt? Felt. Felt. Um but yeah, I, yeah. I and so there then there is the other part of this movie that is kind of interesting, which is yes, they are immortal until they're not. And there's again no silver bullet no no rhyme or reason it just all of a sudden you age out of it and you're no longer immortal and then your wounds don't heal like quickly and you are at that point susceptible to death right and that plays a part in this movie uh in in showing the difference between how you go into a situation knowing you can't fail, knowing you can't die, and then how how much knowing that you can die actually impacts the decisions and the your your bravery essentially in going into that situation. Uh, so if if I I do a whole lot of things I I don't do now if I knew I couldn't fail I knew I mowed the lawn. I, yeah, would, I would, I would, <laughs> would do that. I would really consider it. At I least. would, I would, I would hang up all the pictures in in the house. I, if I couldn't no, die, I would. I don't know that you would. <laughs> I don't know that that's accurate. No, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not great at leveling things out. Although I did find a, a like a good way, of, you know, just like taking some tape. Look, you know, we'll get it. That's that's not important. Um, but yeah, and I think. The the way that this movie handles that, I'm I'm obviously talking around who it is and, and things like that, but sure. um I think it adds a level of interest to the movie that I found uh really cool. Uh the the problem the, I have with the, this movie. But, but, but before before you go further with the with the with the problem, the the whole conceit of not knowing when like every everything living dies, they they say in the in the movie. So you know that an immortal, you don't know when an immortal is going to suddenly stop healing, but they, they will someday. And because they introduced that and because we are watching characters, you know, that's going to happen to one of the characters. And I I think that's a really cool way of introducing tension uh, because every time somebody dies, er Every every time one of the immortals gets knocked out or or shot in the face or or or, or stabbed in the chest or, or whatever, you're like, is this going to be the emotional moment where they don't wake up? Right. Or yeah. is this? Oh, okay. They they woke up. It oh, it adds okay. that it adds that little bit, and I I really dug that about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I think you get even when you figure out who like isn't necessarily immortal anymore um it it, like at that point i'm a little bit more bought in to the movie because then i'm like okay like what's gonna happen um some of the ways that they protect each other and things like that um using their immortality uh just really really cool concepts with that um one of the okay so one of the problems that i have with this movie okay is it is with it uh, it's 125 minutes. It's it's full of action. It's great. There is a lot of setup in this movie. There's a lot of here's the world they live in. Here's their history. Here's how they work. Here's this organization that's trying to get them. And by the end of the movie, you're still doing setup with like, all right, we're we're gonna we're gonna move forward. You're gonna be the guy that helps us to to look for problems and stuff and it the movie ends on essentially a cliffhanger to to a point where it really feels like a pilot episode of you know a, a short series or something more than it does 
like a complete film. Did you did you feel that same way or uh, e, did you I, tell me to to get out of here? No, no, I I I I agree with that in to an extent. I mean, I don't think it was uh, a, a like a movie pilot for a TV show, but I do think that the way they they ended it kind of made it felt kind of made it felt tacked on and we're like expecting a sequel type thing almost yeah. um uh, uh was it bright right like let, let's introduce the the other netflix big big uh big movie will smith right uh yeah let's just make it with a with a sequel in mind doesn't if it's good then people will want it and they'll be like i want a sequel but if it's bad then we don't have to worry about it and we won't ever make another sequel like bright um like bright <laughs> uh, uh but but i i did i do agree with with that piece of it uh the thing i that you you meant you mentioned the runtime i felt also that the runtime could have been shorter uh yeah there there was there was stuff they cut out one thing i didn't really like and and, Ch- and chelsea uh and i talked about this was the the music the music was cliche it felt like it also felt like it was a little too on the nose with like uh, like when the music tells what the character is feeling with the lyrics you yeah. know like yeah like put on put on your earbuds i'm podcasting now i'm podcasting now watching travis my friend <laughs> you're like Okay, like you don't have to t- I, uh, let, let let the acting do it. We get it. We get it. Um, yeah. So yeah. we 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 did have issues with that, and uh, it just in the in the the music cues changed a lot. One thing I don't like in in action movies, and I, I, this is my one of my biggest critiques with Suicide Squad was it just felt like there were so many musical cues that you, you'd start with one kind of emotion, one one feel. And then you change that song up, go to a different song. You're like, okay, well now I'm, ugh. it's like stop and go, like uh, a student driver. Like, okay, new emotion. And then uh, you're like, get out of the way! I'm trying to go to McDonald's. You know, specifically, yeah. exactly, exactly like that. And then you honk and you. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, I, I, I would, uh, I'd go with all of that. I'd, I, would, I would agree. Um, questions though if they announce hey old guard 2 or old guard trilogy you know netflix signs deal for old guard trilogy are you in or are you like "Eh, i'll catch it when i catch it well if 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 it's on netflix like the the first one was then yeah I'll, i'll i'll watch i'll watch the second one third one however many of them there are um i mean i i would i would watch a sequel to old guard for two hours more than I'm that I'm care about umbrella Academy the next, <laughs> the, the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Which I will probably end up watching, but yeah. Um, well, I remember, yeah. just on the, just on umbrella Academy for, for folks who are, who are listening to this, who are like, Oh, I love umbrella Academy. What's wrong with Brandon? I, I liked it. I like what I liked the show. And, and I, I remember feeling at the end of the season, that's good enough. That's, that's all I really need to have from this that's, world. That's fine. Like it was, it's a good ending. If if I never get another season of this, I'm, you know, I feel content that I that I experienced it. I just uh, I just looked up the old guard uh, and the actual comics, uh-huh. and uh, it's some image comics uh, based on just a few of the uh pictures here some of the artwork uh it looks like something i would really be into and so now i might have to look up the uh see if if there's like a trade paperback or something like that because um yeah no it it looks it looks pretty sweet and it looks like the the movie itself was pretty true to the comics in terms at least at least the first few pages that i'm flipping through here really um yeah it looks like uh Looks like they're pretty true to the source materials. So awesome. Very cool stuff. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, we, my wife and I, we both enjoyed it and, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. 
keep it coming netflix more keep it to it. more full length feature movies that i can watch at home keep it do uh, it because i can't cuz i can't go anywhere else <laughs> um yeah old guard was good uh, any any final thoughts on this one no uh if it, yes i do have final thoughts i should i shouldn't start my should sentences just always with no. say yes cuz you you do <laughs> you always have something it was it was very good and uh from a recommendation standpoint I recommend it. I would give it. I would give it six and a half to seven out of out of ten. If I had to put a, a rating scale to it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think it was. I think it was well made, and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more. If you're stuck at home with nothing to do, it's a must watch. Like if you already have a Netflix account, just go watch it. It's a. Uh, it's a must. Yeah. It, it's a yeah. must. Must. Good action. Good worth worth watching. Uh, the other bit of streaming let's, media that that we watched this week. Let's talk about uh, immortal things. <laughs> this immortality. Uh, and and if 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 one thing can make us immortal, it's Hollywood. Uh, Brandon, you actually caught this little gem uh, first, and then and then started talking about it with me. Uh, we're talking about Showbiz Kids, the documentary on HBO. Uh, what? Uh, what? How did you stumble upon uh, watching that? Uh, I was. It was. What day was that? Tuesday of last week. I was. I was up late, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to play a video game. I just want to watch something. So I, I went. I went to HBO Go, not HBO Max yet, because that's not on Roku. And uh, I was looking around. I went on Netflix. Went on Amazon. Uh, went on wherever else my in-laws have have cable access for me to to pirate. And um, then I went to Twitter. And I was just scrolling through Twitter. Uh, saw some Shutter stuff. And I'm like, eh, I'm not really in the mood for for horror right now. And then I saw a tweet by by uh, by a verified user. And I forget I forget the the user, but they talked about Showbiz Kids, and they're like showbiz kids great job to alex winter who who directed it and i'm like huh okay all right because i, I alex winter who is is bill s preston uh yeah. who is in uh you know the uh, the lost boys and and some other stuff he directed so i'm like okay all right he was a child star let me i'm interested let me go to hbo went back to hbo found it I'm like all right yeah let's check it out uh and uh yeah that that's how that is how i found it and uh i sent you a, a text as i started watching it and like hey this is this is pretty good this is pretty this is pretty good uh it doesn't it, it doesn't fall into the traps of like going directly into like how how bad hollywood is for child actors and like the and pedophilia and stuff like that it does it does talk talk about that stuff uh, but it focuses mainly on um, uh, just a just a handful of of child stars. The guy who played Elliot on in E.T. Uh, uh, Todd Todd Bridges from uh, Different Strokes. Uh, yep. Jesse something from that Jesse whatever that that, that Disney Channel show. Oh, um, you know Jesse was there. The name uh, of the show, right? the the nanny on that show oh. it's uh <laughs> oh um i should know this uh well evan rachel wood while while we're waiting for that uh will will wheaton will wheaton um and uh well you're you're looking that up uh mara oh, mara yeah. wilson mara who wilson. was uh matilda yeah uh, which was is a show that they watch all the time uh, in my house. Um, and Cameron Boyce. Cameron, Cameron Boyce. Boyce yes, on. yes, 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 yes. Um, and, uh, it, it, and I, I like that it, that it took the, all these, these adults perspectives on, uh, being child stars back, back in the day. Uh, really interesting stories, uh, from, from their, from their perspectives about their parents and how they grew up and, uh, you know, also, it had uh, some relatively unknown, like uh, two kids, one uh, one kid who 
uh, she's been in plays and she uh, was in school of rock. She was doing the lion King and another kid who like on Broadway, yeah. like legit productions. Yeah. And, and another kid who, whose mom uh, took him to Hollywood for casting season for pilot season uh, mm-hmm. to, to try to, to try to get a gig. And so it kind of used them to, to juxtapose against the story. Uh, what did, what did you, what did you think uh, as you were watching it? Uh, I, my first impression uh, is is similar to what what you brought up, where I, I expected them to go right into like the horrors of child stardom and it being just absolutely terrible. But it really didn't play that way initially. It was very much just on its face. Hey, this is this is what it's like to be a child star. This is this is how difficult the business is probably not just for kids, but in general, how hard it is to actually book something and become famous as a kid. It's, it's, it's not something that everybody can do. Um, But then also how quickly once you have that, you know, that one starring role, how, how you can kind of take off. And it talks a lot about, the people that should be responsible in those situations that oftentimes are not, uh, whether that's, you know, parents, uh, agents, cast, crew, whoever, um, the adults in the room, uh, and they should be looking out for kids and they're, they're not always, uh, yeah. and oftentimes, sometimes even, uh, predators in, in that industry, which is becoming much more, vocalized yeah. right now and is in the media a lot more like uh, so yeah and yeah. in in and sometimes uh like henry thomas is is a guy who played uh elliot and et he w- he was talking like about his mom and his mom was was more of of somebody who was always there and always watching and always being there and 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 all these actors talk about you know sacrifice their their parents essentially sacrifice for their kids too because they're going out of their way to make their kids dream a reality, but you know, kids, they don't, they don't necessarily know what, what their parents or the family are sacrificing. They, they talk about that a little bit, um, but Henry Thomas is saying like, since his mom was there all the time and didn't really trust the people in Hollywood, it made, it made her seem like she was uh, a diva or, or, or somebody hard to work with, which made him seem hard to work with by extension and, and, you know, may have hurt his, his career. Um, but you know, he, I I like I liked listening to him a lot because he was like he, he was in a movie before ET and then he gets into ET and all of a sudden he's 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 big and everyone's like oh yeah oh now like you know what you're doing and and he's he, I, he, I said I was like imposter syndrome he's he's defining it like <laughs> yeah where he's like looking at all these other child actors and he's like oh they're they're hitting their mark they're doing this thing they know what they're doing I don't know what I'm doing and that carried on through other films where he's like yeah i still don't even think i belong here but they just keep putting me in movies and hiring me for for different things uh but i think that's probably true for a lot of people where they don't necessarily feel like they're great at something until they've been doing it for a very long time yeah Uh, or they're just they just got really good at faking it (laughs) like (laughs) um but i don't know i thought it was an interesting perspective i thought the I mean, they had interviews with some of the original child actors, uh, you know, silent, silent picture stars, uh, children that were literally thrown around yeah. because uh, so, they, there were no standards in filmmaking back then. Um, but then all the way and, and they captured they, they took a little look at uh, Shirley Temple. They they, uh, you know, through the. Seventies, uh, eighties, nineties. A lot of a lot of child actors in that period were featured. But then even even some some modern ones now, uh, Cameron Boyce specifically, uh, who you know my kids were watching on TV and and were fans of. Um, so it's I don't know. It's interesting to get the different perspectives. Uh, and see how things have changed and also see what hasn't changed in the industry mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of hear the differences in some of their stories. Um, yeah. And just how they, some of them felt more empowered. Some of them felt like they didn't have 
uh, any power in that situation. But yeah, uh, really, really interesting uh, documentary, well put together. Yeah, and uh, yeah. All, 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 all these all these kids uh, growing into, you know, becoming growing into their their own and be you know turning into teenagers and turning into young adults and and like going over the changes in their own. Oh yeah. And then uh, of course, you know, how, 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 how can we forget, um, you know, fifth element our our fifth element friend who I, I forgot that she was a, a, a child actress, uh, because yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know she was uh, a child actress. Yeah. Yeah. Mia, Mia Jovovich. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I was, I'm I was, like, I was you, to you are going to get it before I do. I don't. <laughs> um, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's right. She she was. Uh, you know, she was she, like dazed and confused briefly, and um, and and she was talking like that. Her her mom was this fantastic actress, and she wasn't a good actress. <laughs> uh, and but but her mom wanted her to be an actress, and because she was you know she was pretty and and stuff like that. Um, but and like just eventually learning that. I'm not. I'm not going to accuse Mila Jovovich of, of being a, a great actress, but you know she has gotten better and finding her place in in the world. And uh, yeah, Evan yeah. Rachel Wood talks about that too. Uh, that Cameron Boyce <laughs> fella. Which, by the way, Evan Rachel Wood. I don't know that I've ever seen her in any role as a child actress. Uh, but and we're like, oh, she looks really familiar. And then all of a sudden it clicked oh. uh, for Sheena and we're like, oh, Westworld. Yeah, yeah. she's like. The show, right? That's that's who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's yeah. it. That's it. Um, but yeah. That, but then then Cameron Boyce and he, like his his was the one one that that affected me because like one I didn't know that he died. Right, <laughs> watching mm-hmm. this 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 whole thing. Like I, I didn't I didn't know he died. Not uh, a lot of Descendants <laughs> fans in the in the Cruise household. That's <laughs> no, 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 no. Unless it's weird. Um, Weird. The only Descendants song I know is is Coffee Mug, uh, which is on Punkarama uh, Two, I think. The the other Descendants. <laughs> um, but so I didn't I didn't I didn't know he died. So I was watching this whole thing, and he was talking talking about you know coming into your own and stuff like that, and he was very deferential to the fandom of Disney Channel, like they're the ones who made mm-hmm. him famous, and therefore he wanted to always respect them. And and how how could he balance becoming an adult and and taking on adult roles while still knowing that that there's kids out there who are watching watching him on Disney Channel on 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 reruns right yeah um and then so I'm like oh, that that this kid's this is a nice kid like what a good like he didn't and he talked about like like at the very beginning of the documentary he's like uh, I can cuss on this I can cuss on this I'm like yeah go ahead, go ahead and cuss on he's like. Yeah, I'm just I'm a Disney guy. Like I'm just always thinking about uh I mean I mean fuck. I know I could say it. I know I could say fuck. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like what that like he's he's a guy who a kid who grew grew up and he was still fairly grounded. And uh and then and then he dies. So <laughs> and and they they hit you with that at like the very end of it. And I'm it's like 12:45. Uh and I'm like, "Oh, da, 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 dedicated camera boy. Oh, what? Which is go funny situation. I gotta go to situation. <laughs> situationally, it's funny. Like it's not funny that he died, and it was tragic in our household. Even like when we found out about it. But my family found out about that a long time ago, and my kids are huge fans of the Descendants movies and watched Jesse for a long time. So when that news broke that he had uh, passed away, it like it it hit our family at that point. So as soon as Cameron Boyce comes on screen in this documentary for the first time, Sheena and I are both like, Oh man, like, <laughs> like there, Oh, there he is. Like, cause we had already kind of like developed that opinion of this really solid young person. <laughs> like yeah. and so then just to see him on there and hear his perspective and hear the, hear the things that he said in the, in the documentary was great to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, you know, ultimately made it all that much harder. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the fucking universe. The the universe is is so shitty. And in and, and uh, yeah, Todd Bridges. We mentioned Todd Todd Bridges from uh, different strokes. Different strokes. And and he, you know, he he's he openly 
says like I, I i feel i feel bad for him too um but he and he he says because uh his co his co-stars damn it I, I i know their names but uh you know um uh, his co-stars died before before he did mm-hmm. and and he openly says like you know like of of the people who died i should have been the first one to to go and uh you know it's it's like the universe doesn't make sense to me so yeah soul crushing so go go watch it it's really good it's great (laughs) it's it's uh it's interesting it's it's cool to hear their own perspectives about it and and um so yeah if you have if you have access to by the way will wheaton went to my high school i didn't i didn't know that he's from my well he went to my high school for a semester and uh and then and then he booked stand by me <laughs> yeah so so uh if you stop by locker center california uh you will vi- have visited not only the home of one time home of will wheaton but the one time home of brandon cruz there you go and don't miss it he uh, got made fun H- of i guess <laughs> hbo <laughs> hbo max uh i do need to watch stand by me i haven't watched that movie in a while uh um, never seen it but is is that one of those movies where you're like, I'm never gonna see it? Like, do you have a policy on that? Or no, I just, uh, I just, ha- it hasn't uh, made an open opportunity for me to see it. Like, it hasn't, it hasn't popped up in my feed. Like, whenever I, I hear about Stand by Me, I'm like, oh, I should watch that. But it never like pops up on my Netflix feed to to remind me that that is a movie that I need to see. I don't think it's on Netflix, but we should definitely watch it and talk about it. Right. Another I mean, Netflix rewatch. I like Stephen King. I'm I'm all I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. Um, the all body right. based, last, on, based on the story. Last body topic uh, for for this episode for this for this podcast. Um, we're just going to take a quick quick few minutes to talk about uh, the status of conventions in 2020. Uh, every year we end up talking about all of the announcements, all of the great panels, uh, all of the great cosplay, everything happening at conventions around the world, specifically San Diego Comic-Con. We got a chance to attend Adult Swim Fest a couple of years ago. This would have been their third annual uh, Adult Swim convention. Uh, But those things cannot happen in person. Obviously, social distancing in Hall H is not really a thing. So those conventions have gone online. This weekend saw both San Diego Comic-Con and Adult Swim Con being featured around the internet on Twitch, on YouTube. And we got to watch uh, a lot of those things, some of those with you here on our feed as well. But Brandon, I just want to... like. After it's all said and done, what is your takeaway? What was, what are your main thoughts that stick with you about having, which neither of us were likely going to attend in person, either of these cons this year. What, uh, I don't know. What did you think about them being done in this digital format? Uh, well, we, we, we talked a little bit about this on the, the ACPN stream that, that we did the, the other night, uh, the, the yeah. Swimcast folks. And uh, what, you know, we, we were on there to talk about the, the Adult SwimCon stuff and, and Rick and Morty specifically, but we ended up talking about you know, the Summer Showdown and uh, maybe a little bit of, of uh, the Comic-Con stuff that, that went on, right? And uh, the, the thought that I left with was, it's great that they have all these events, these, these, these zoom events and, um, hosts and panels. It's, it's great to do that. But what it, but what it's lacking is the cohesive kind of central through line that makes it seem like a singular event. It, it felt like, uh, when, uh, um, like over the course of like a week and a half or so you get like, Ooh, uh, there's another new trailer for uh new mutants. Oh, Ooh, there's a, uh, there's, Oh, there's a new Marvel movie coming out. Here's another trailer. It's over there. You know, a couple days later, it felt, it felt disparate, 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 yeah. disparate. And, uh, it, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was, it was part of the, the same event. It felt like, it felt like different events. And, uh, the, the, they talked about it on, on the, the swimcast stream, uh, but you know, they, they didn't use a singular platform. They didn't, you know, there's not like a, 
like a host of of the the, the event. It's just like, all right, yeah, Twitter. Uh, here's a link. We're gonna do something else uh, in, in a little bit. There wasn't like a, hey guys, I'm the present. I'm the presenter for Adult Swim Cast Stream Con 2020. Gonna be a great show coming up next. Yada yada. Right. Almost like tele more telethon style than because that that yeah. that makes it that makes it feel like it's part of one big thing, not uh okay, well we're streaming again tomorrow. Tune in. Uh which is which is where I felt like at least for adult swim con, I I, I expected more of that and and was surprised by the lack of engagement or things that happened between panels between featured events and and part of that may be because last year the adult swim con their uh in-person event was streamed by and large online on adultswim.com and they had people there like that stream didn't really break if if they were showing a band if they were showing a concert they would show that on the stream but then they'd cut back to some of their hosts hanging out you know backstage or walking along the boardwalk and anything yeah. like that yeah. and uh, and just kind of doing that adult swim brand of of comedy zany Go- you know gorilla whatever. streaming Gorilla streaming, yes. So, <laughs> I I fully expected to see a lot of that. Now I realize that there isn't a crew out somewhere working together on these projects. Everybody's still at home. Everybody's still working from home. So even things like their cosplay contest, uh, the moderators for their panels are all in their own places. Yeah. So it's it's harder to do a lot of that stuff. But I I just expected more of it from. Uh, at least Adult Swim Comic Con is such a huge well, yeah. event. It 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 seems like just the effort to bring all of that together in person is hard enough. Yeah. Like, and then to suddenly take something that's probably been in the works and been in planning for months already, and then realize you have to move it to an online platform. I think they did the best they could, but they were only able to really capture the panel portions. And everything else that makes Comic-Con really exciting was, like, they tried. They did try. But it just it just didn't land as much for me as it, as it could have, I guess. Yeah. Well, sticking to the Adult Swim Con, because it, because it, it is smaller and we, we can uh, critique it maybe more uh, pointedly. Uh, this to say... I think they they did a really good job. It, they they did they did better than I expected for their streams to go, uh, just based off of what their streams have been in the past. Uh, so I'll say that like they did they did a uh, they upped their game uh, as far as the stream production values go. Uh, now what I what I will say is that um, oh sh- I, I I lost it. It was uh, it was about the. Um, uh, oh, that there, there's like they announced Adult Swim Con in, in May, right? Like some mm-hmm. early Something May, like mid May, and what I felt was that they could have done. I felt like they had more time to give us more than what they gave us. Now the production values, again, I think they did great, but I they had a total of maybe like five or maybe seven events. Less than 10, less than 10 events total, less than 10 streams total. Over four days, I think. Over four days. And the majority of it was the the summer showdown and the cosplay stuff. And that that was in the Rick and Morty stuff, uh, adult, uh, the, uh, the tsunami, a few other things. They had they had more time to to make it more more of a, a a bigger a bigger event than when it was. It makes sense that they kept it free. Um, yeah, you know. yeah. But uh, I, I I talk about this through line. I keep I keep bringing up like the the central through line. Uh, I'm bringing this up not because I'm speaking at it, <laughs> uh, but the the Podfest thing that they, they're they're charging money for it. 
I'm not I'm not going to tell you to to go spend your money to go to Podfest unless you are a podcaster and you're interested in monetization. Yeah. But then go spend all the money to attend the virtual version of Podfest. Yes, yeah, yes, please please do that. But there's there's this there's this app called Whova and on this Whova app it's like a, it's like kind of a convention app and through Whova you get all your attendees in one place on one platform and you can talk about the different the different virtual events that you've seen. So I'm going to I'm going to be giving a, a, a speech. Uh, people can go to that and they can watch, watch me do whatever live and they can comment on it and, and I can get that feedback and they could be networking with other people who are also at this event. Uh, hmm. And, and that, that's kind of what I felt was missing from Comic-Con and Adult Swim Con is that singular platform, not, Instagram, not Twitter, not Facebook, but a platform that you can go to and interact with other fans to talk about this stuff. I guess that's a really good point because, you know, we think about all of the, you know, stage type things, the the panels, the, you know, all of that stuff at a con, but there's the other aspect completely. And that's the other fans, the other people that you interact with, you get to meet, um, often lots of artists and things like that, that you, you wouldn't necessarily have access to if, if you weren't there in person. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have friends, we, we know people that we met years and years and years ago at some of those smaller Hawaii conventions, and we wouldn't know those people. We wouldn't, we wouldn't interact with them if it wasn't for going out to those conventions in person. And so, yeah, I think obviously you can't, you can't recreate that completely in a, in a virtual environment. I'm, I'm hopeful for the day when we can all attend conventions again in person, but I think for what they were trying to do, it was at least a way to get some excitement out there, do some announcements, answer some fan questions and really just make folks feel better about, you know, for a little while about what was going on and maybe just have a, a nice distraction for a little while. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was cool overall. thought it was cool overall. Uh, hopefully we don't have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but if you want to go to do pod fest, I will be a speaker there on August 14th, Tuesday at or Friday. Uh, yeah. Friday, August 14th at, at 14 hundo. That'd be two o'clock. What is that? Two o'clock. <laughs> two, 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 two p.m. Eastern. Uh, I will. I'll be talking about fandom, as a matter of fact. So, mm, all right. Um, talking about you guys. Talking talk, about you. Talking about you. Talking about you guys. If you if you have here, here's a question I pose to you. If you're listening to this right now, if you are a person who listens to a TV show or movie based podcast that talks about the TV show, talks about the movies, uh, then I want to know what keeps you going and keeps you listening to the, to those podcasts? Is it, is it your love of the show? Is it the hosts? Is it the content that the hosts give you? What exactly, what exactly is that? Uh, Cause that's, that's the kind of thing that uh, I am going to be discussing for this pod fest thing. I'm a jig pod frost. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Go join him if you if you are so inclined. If if you <laughs> you have the disposable income to do so. Uh, otherwise. Come back here next week, Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Catch another podcast. Uh, that is that is it for this episode. Uh, Brandon is trying to mimic his own headshot in the background. Uh, but that's it for Apathetic Enthusiasm, you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are listening for the first time and you have not yet subscribed, hit that subscribe button. You know, Make sure that this hits your, your podcatcher on a on a, at least bi-weekly basis and if you have not had a chance to rate or review this well you know that's that's something you could do we'd appreciate it go go hit a review let us know what you think of the podcast we appreciate and it. i'm brandon we thank you for listening now to the second half 
of our podcast doubleheader. We're going to go do a special bonus episode of Interdimensional RSS. Good news. We'll be right podcast. back. So everybody we'll be right hanging back. out on stream, make sure you stick around for that. Everyone else, we appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. I mean, we are listening. going. We are, we are going until somewhere. Next time, we'll, I'm Travis. We'll, we'll be right back. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.